Sunday afternoon episode of Neverending Adventure. My name is Diggity DJ Nettie P, and my yeah. co-host is... And I'm Russell Tyndall. Welcome, y'all, to uh, the podcast where everybody knows your name. And Maybe Ned Russell is knows glad my name. <laughs> <laughs> it welcome, was funny, welcome, man. welcome, welcome. I-, I thought it was funny, you guys. We are finally wrapping up with the Fiona and Cake series, and we're only about four to six weeks late on getting it all done, but we didn't want to rush it. We didn't want to do shitty half-hour episodes where we just rehash what happened. We wanted to get deep into it and have the time and effort and manpower and actual physical hours to sit down and do it before yeah. we kind of knocked it all out. So I mean, thank you for 100 your episodes patience. in, they know we're incapable of a half-hour. We tried at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like There was some talk, maybe the podcast will only be a 30-minute-long podcast each week, and... I don't think we've ever had an episode that was under 40 minutes. So. No, I think we we attempted to do a double the second episode we ever did. So it was like yeah. Trouble in Lumpy Space mixed yeah. with, uh, gosh, one other episode. Ricardio, and, I think. Yeah, Ricardio or something. And we and we and it was like an hour and 15 and we were like, geez, okay, that was still yeah. hefty boy. But that's why I think, especially wrapping up with like a episode 10 series finale of Fiona and Cake with a uh, heavy, heavy, I mean, it's it's lighthearted, but it's heavy, deep thoughts. So we're going to get a lot of maybe overreaching, maybe uh, Ned and Russell canon type discussions at the end of everything. Yeah, but, a little personal house canon might happen yeah. here and there, sprinkled throughout this episode. Uh, yeah, I think but, it's going to be a really good one, though. This series, we'll, we'll wrap it up slightly a little bit on this episode as well. We're not going to do like a review episode because we've, just spent, I mean, it's yeah. probably like 10 episodes long. 10 episodes. So. And and I think each one, I mean, we we got some stuff right. We got some stuff wrong just with kind of our early predictions. For sure. Um. So yeah, there's there'd be no reason to just like go back through each episode and be like, I mean, maybe at a later yeah. date, maybe we'll maybe go later. back through and watch them all and be like, oh yeah, this is, you know, things I missed, things I could have observed we, or something. We got like called that. out a little bit too. I got to say, we weren't exactly, like you're saying, we're not exactly right on all of our theories. I mean, we still don't yeah. freaking know who the boss is of these yeah, guys. Th- I've got some predictions on that I do too. a little bit. I, so. I think mine is kind of whack. Like mine kind of sucks, but uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about it a little later on. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later, but yeah, I but, am excited to discuss all that. That being said, one thing that we may have gotten wrong perhaps could be a perspective that we took on Glob. Uh, and we've got a traveler's log, I think, that might dive mm-hmm. a little deeper into that, Ned, if you want to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that maybe? I thought it was a great segue, too, because you said house cannon. And so this is actually one of our, our writers in on the traveler's log, DJ Breakfast Sandwich, which, again, I think gets top three DJ That's names good. writing That's in on really the traveler's good. log so far. Uh, but DJ well, breakfast sandwich. Yeah, it depends AKA, on what type of breakfast sandwich, though. Yeah, it depends. Over grease and too much oh, uh, American cheese, like a little, too, little smothered and covered, maybe. A little oh, smothered top, and covered top, breakfast no, sandwich. No, I go, uh, I go topped, covered, and chunked, baby. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Waffle House. But Owen, <laughs> aka DJ Breakfast Sandwich, um, has some really great thoughts about Glob that I think are really cool that can fit into this discussion and fit into house canon and kind of just at least wrap up probably what would be the only loose end um, of of this series, honestly. So 
Uh, Owen goes on to say, I've always loved the conversation surrounding Golb as a character in the Adventure Time universe. And I wanted to put forward my theory of how Golb operates in the grand scheme of things in regards to cosmic beings. In a lot of mythology, some sort of chaos is what everything rises from. In Greek mythology, I believe it's chaos, K-A-O-S, a primordial entity that exists before Gaia, the titans and the gods in Egyptian mythology. It is, oh, excuse me, uh, semicolon. In Egyptian mythology, it is the primordial sea that Apophis, the foe of the sun god Ra, rises from that, rises from that exists in that duat, which is the layer that the world of the dead exists in. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know. My uh, Egyptian mythology is not yeah, very no up clue. to speed, so I don't know if I can correct you. Where's DJ Alleycat when you need her? Yeah, where's DJ Alleycat when you need her, honestly? Uh, so Owen goes on to say, I liked looking at the entities of disorder and discord as the beings of the universe, the beginnings of the universe, and a less of a force of evil and more of a force of return to or refresh. Again, that's kind of an orgolorg mentality in my in my concept. Uh, Golb's weakness is harmony rather than a term like heroism uh, or pure quote unquote good. I think that it could stand to say that Gulp operates as this being outside of the multiverse and outside of the cosmic beings we see across Adventure Time and Fiona and Cake. and could possibly be the oldest thing in existence as everything rises from chaos, which is supported by the Lich's uh, theory, too, that before there was uh, nothing, there were monsters, kind of that whole chaos theory. Order is only recognized as order because it came from something before. I think that Golb is seen as this entity that brought forth the age of terror and monsters because, because Golb is the entity of chaos, but not necessarily evil. When watching through Fiona and Caked, I assume they were referring to Golb when they were mentioning this upper level management or boss. Okay, so that kind of that's that's what my theory was too, honestly, at the end of the day. Owen says, let me think yeah. what you know about this one. This has been my quote unquote head canon. Um, so our house canon um for a while. So it's interesting to see. Other takes of the existence of such a deep character in the Adventure Time iceberg. Signing off is DJ Breakfast Sandwich. So good. What a great yeah. Traveler's Log. Thank you so much. And there was another Traveler who wrote in, and I just couldn't find the message, but it was on a similar topic. It was discussing, hey, like, I know, I think we mentioned Golb as evil in the past, mm-hmm. and just saying it's not necessarily that it's evil. It's an agent of chaos. There is chaotic good. There's chaotic neutral. There's chaotic evil. And everything that surrounds that doesn't necessarily have to be bad things, which is, uh, and we'll touch back to the boss, but I just wanted to say, when we're discussing this, perhaps, and this is maybe my theoretically speaking, why the Lich was, uh, if you take what happened to the Lich as being rejected by Golb, instead of being uh, brought into like a heavenly, you know, around Mm -hmm. Golb at all times, which could be, how you perceive what happened as well. But by Lich killing all of the beings of the world, it makes the world devoid of chaos. Devoid of chaos, yeah. So it wasn't necessarily, yeah. That'd be the anti, that would be against what Gold would actually want uh, if that is the case. So I'm not entirely sure that's truly what happened. I mean, I think there's a lot of great theories and we discussed it last episode Mm -hmm. on what happened with the Lich, but that just really rung a bell with me uh, it made me kind of curious about all of that. I think yeah. it's so fascinating. Golb even kind of does have some sort of, if you're talking about Golb as the boss, Golb does have some sort of abilities or has abilities above 
those are like that kind of intertwine with those of other cosmic beings mm-hmm. uh, that already occupy those abilities. So like making Fiona and Cake's world legit is a great example of like what isn't necessarily Gulb's job, but Gulb has the ability to do despite the fact exactly. that there's something else exactly. that already does that job. Yeah, well, and then that's the whole point of even what um what Scarab goes on to say when Scarab's like, well, you're now canonized. You're part of this, you know, web of universe. You're going to get all the bad that comes with it. And then Kate goes, that sounds like being normal to me. And yeah. that's exactly kind of, again, why this, uh, going back and, and getting into that goal as an agent of chaos is that um, it's the kind of the balance of everything. You ha- There's no order without chaos and there's no chaos without order. It's that yin and yang. It goes, we, do- we try not to go too Star Wars-y because I don't want to upset super, super Star Wars fans. <laughs> But it goes along in that same theory that it's the balance of the force. And that's not, let's defeat all evil and everything's all good all the time because the force will balance itself out with the light and the dark side and they have to live in harmony. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes life, life, you know. But it would not make sense for an agent of chaos to be in charge of, as you mentioned last episode, the organization of order, right? Because that goes against chaos. So I personally don't think Gold is the boss of those people. I think Gold lives yeah. outside of that and is the agent of chaos that intertwines with those people and they kind of mm-hmm. keep themselves in balance. I think my kind of joke theory or headcanon is that the boss of Orbo, which is the boss of Scarab mm-hmm. and of, um, what's his face? Uh, gosh, you know, you know the guy who was... Pris- Prismo. Prismo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boss of them is... Uh, probably adam mudo right it's probably pin ward and it's all just like a breaking the fourth wall sort of a oh, thing like pin ward writes himself in as the organizer yes. of what everybody everybody's role in this uh cosmic universe is going to be yeah i mean it's just like stan lee is in every single marvel mm-hmm. movie to some degree or every single spider-man stan lee is there somewhere uh i think that's my personal head canon at the moment until we get I an like answer that. That's what's going on. It's just like, well, hold on. Let me let me talk to Pim Ward about this and let me just see if this works for the storyline that he has mm-hmm. cooking for uh, Fiona and Cake. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't it's, know. <laughs> it's kind no, of it's, it's good thinking. because Yeah, you're, you're right. When you really start to think like, okay, is Golb... Like, obviously, Scarab couldn't get to Golb unless uh, Simon had done, you know, the, the weird... Or the, excuse me, the Lich had done that weird... Um, spell interrupting Simon's spell that got uh, Scarab and the Lich all into that kind of Golb realm. Um, so obviously, these cosmic beings—it's—it's it's a whole separate plane than even the uh, outside of multiverse cosmic plane. Um, yeah. So it's uh, maybe you could call it like the anti-world, the anti-existence, I guess. Man, it's it's pretty wild. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, but, but, it's but really obviously cool to think this about. is just us shooting in the dark too. So no, totally. write in your comments, but like please don't go on Instagram and be like, house cannon. So stupid. Is, no, it's like, all oh, house blah, blah, blah. Dude, every time no, we post something. If you want. I don't care. Could, <laughs> every time we post something now, people out. are like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like that's not what <laughs> And I'm like, bro, we all are equally as either confused yeah. or thinking deep about all of this stuff too. Oh, totally. I mean, this is all just for funsies, but uh, no, this is life. This is all that matters is Adventure Time all and uh, Fiona and Cake. No, I, I mean, before we even go too much deeper, I mean, 
the gold stuff is so fascinating. I'm mm-hmm. so excited to reach all of this in the main story. I mean, as everybody knows, we're only on season five, so we've got a long way to go, and I haven't seen the rest of Adventure Time. But it's really it makes me really pumped for the rest of the series, having seen these little bits and pieces, because up until now, it's been so kind of loosey-goosey and uh, mm-hmm. a little choose-goosey, if you will. Too, too choose-goosey for me. Too punks uh, for me. So I'm pretty excited to get into a little bit more of the, the depth that is yeah. Adventure Time's later seasons. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's it's really prepped you for the headspace as we get into late season five and some more of like, uh, I'd say three-dimensional thin development. Um, that like looking at that, you see how the writers are pinning really deep topics and really real life topics in through a kid's show. Like analyzing this is almost like getting that muscle memory ready for like what's to come in Adventure Time. Yeah, yeah, so much. And I'm so curious to see if we'll get more of uh, Casper and Nova, which is something toward the yeah. end of this episode, you see Astrid drawing Casper and Nova in her journal. And Cas mm-hmm. or at, sorry, Astrid is the little girl who loves Fiona and Cake, if you don't recall. Uh, her name because I'm not sure if it's ever explicitly mentioned. It may be once or twice, but maybe early. Uh, yeah. Perhaps she'll write the next fan fiction for Casper and Nova, and that will be a whole another story. But I don't know if that could even be the case necessarily because, as we know, Casper and Nova are very much a reflection of uh, Simon and Betty. Their story yeah. kind of goes hand in hand and is entirely why. The Casper Nova story is used in order to teach Simon some very, very valuable lessons in this episode. And I thought it was such a fascinating way. And the animation was very interesting as well. Kind of reminded me of Jimmy Neutron just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, like, it does. Like an old Nick, Jimmy Neutron movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not necessarily the cartoon because the cartoon was way more 2D, but the uh, movie itself was a little bit kind of 3D-esque models. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It's an interesting way to start this off because you just have this as where it's kind of a part two episode to the last episode. And you have this moment where they reach the cosmic gate and Nova's like basically what happens is Nova either is crushed by the door or is forgotten by using a potion. And that's, to my knowledge, almost exactly what happens with Betty and Simon. Like Mm -hmm. they're given a moment where they probably have two decisions to make and one of them is what they do make, which is where Betty turn, turns in the gold and, you know, like leaves Simon forever, you know, or he dons the crown and forgets about Betty until now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing like, I definitely think that Gold Betty has put Simon specifically in this universe um, to read this story to be like, look, this is Betty's way definitely. of talking to Simon is she's, she being Gold Betty puts Simon in this this world, um, and puts him inside of Shermie. Um, yeah, because I'll get to that just in a second too. But um, the yeah. big thing with the way that this Casper and Nova story wraps up, I think, is it's not just like where Betty and Simon were, like with the crown at the end of Adventure Time. I think it's very much where they're sitting in that Gold Verse. That's exactly where they are now. He can choose to basically, um quote-unquote, I guess, like, save Fiona and Cake, save Betty, um, or, um, I mean, yeah, the alternative, just, like, forget Betty forever, I guess, but um, I think that, um, ugh, wow, hold on, there's so many names. It's Shermie and uh, yeah. Beth. Beth. Beth tells Shermie, 
look, if you don't like the story, you can just close the book. And I thought that yeah. that was kind of wildly, kind of wildly deep at this one. Cause it's kind of like Simon is even in his pursuit of Betty at this point to, to get back to Betty. And he's like, I don't like these decisions that I'm having to make. I don't like that. It's, I either have to go crazy and kill myself mm -hmm. or Fiona and cake die. Um, that Beth kind of just being like, dude, if you don't like the story, close the book. And that's kind of how the show ends a little bit. Um, not, yeah, not, I it, almost don't in, like in that a as way. a metaphor because that feels like a like for like move on and forget. Whereas I think what he does instead is he he moves on, remembers, and like, yeah, grows from the experience. Forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and that was that yeah, that book that's, really it's not is, a one on one metaphor, but I thought it no, was still kind of deep in that. It is. Yeah, respect, I, you know? I agree. That's interesting. I mean, I I think the main point of this obviously is that Beth has that moment where Beth is just like. I guess you're a kid and you don't really understand this stuff mm -hmm. yet. Like you don't really get this stuff yet. And it's simply that there's a power imbalance in their relationship. And this is Simon's moment to realize that, holy crap, he had way more power in their relationship with Betty than he thought he did because Betty just absolutely loved him and said yes constantly and did anything, all the sacrifices she made for him. Mm -hmm. And he didn't ever realize that. He just kind of took it for granted and took her... For granted, despite the fact that they both were in love, they both loved each other. But as Simon says, like, oh, I could have been more thoughtful, or mm -hmm. Casper could be could have been more thoughtful and, and thought about her sacrifices and noticed them. Yeah. And use that to influence his decisions further on down the line. And that wasn't something that ever occurred to him, I guess, until this well, crazy book metaphor. Yeah, and that's why Beth I think it's really funny that Beth calls him out like, oh, I guess you're a kid, so you don't see it. You don't see yeah. the deeper side of this. And I, it's funny because Simon's like old man Simon. He's <laughs> yeah. super smart and he's this scientific yeah. genius and he gets called out by Beth, but he has always viewed his relationship with Betty with kind of that quote unquote, like childlike wonder, very immaturely. Yeah. And that's what we had talked for so many episodes about was like, there's something off with this relationship with Betty. Uh, and there's going to be something that, kind of, you know, breaks his his false sense of this was perfection. Happiness is only when I'm with Betty. Um, and yeah, he's very I much agree. called out. And like, Beth is like, dude, just grow up. Like, you have to realize that this was not perfect, but your decisions led you here. Like, you have, like, there's no turning the pages back. You know, you have to make the decision moving forward. Totally. In my three-part, like, realization that Simon has in this episode, I think... Perhaps this was my second part, but let's just say part one of this is Simon finally understanding what was wrong with his relationship with Betty. It's mm -hmm. that it wasn't as perfect as it as he once felt it was. Like he's looking back with these like rose colored <laughs> John Lennon looking glasses, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's not necessarily perceiving it truly how it was at that time, nor was he in that time looking into Betty's perspective and taking her into consideration. And that is the first big realization that he has this episode. I think it's such an important one and crazy to think that we can be blind to something like that. I think we all in our natural life can easily be blind to that, but it feels from a third person's perspective, it feels so silly. Like it feels like, how could you not know that? Like not, 
either getting on the bus with her or something was yeah. selfish, you know, like asking her to stay back, asking her to, yeah, go on that adventure with you to in the first place. But she had other plans. She was going to go study something else. And then y'all could have met up afterwards. It's, it's interesting to see that from that perspective. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it brings up, you know, like it's, what, what did they say? It's like, they still loved each other. It doesn't negate the fact that they were both yes. still in love or were and still are in love with each other. It doesn't negate any of that fact or pull back a shroud that Simon thinks that they were never in love or Betty thinks that they were never in love. Yeah. However, it goes back to, I think we've talked several episodes, I mean, this may be like seasons ago, about like love languages. So like her love language is obviously um, supporting him you know, supporting his decisions, whether, you know, pretty much saying yes, kind of being a yes person for his adventures. And his love language is like partnership, companionship. I need, you know, an adventure buddy. Um, but those operate on different playing fields when it's in the detriment of somebody else. And, you know, yeah. Betty's detriment because they kind of, it led them to this gold Betty situation. And Simon's mm. detriment because now he's like, I don't want this responsibility, but but his decisions led him there. Um, I mean, it's certainly you know. not a parasitical relationship, yeah. but there is some aspects of that that cause this relationship or relational imba imbalance that they have. Yeah, like she and was kind of like that, an enabler of like him yeah, never giving her the choice, you know, to be like... Yeah, she just kind of went with hey, it. yeah. Um, but that's a little bit on her detriment too. She could have, yeah. at some point, she could have just been like, no, we're going to go on this adventure. And it doesn't mean I, think, I love you less, you know, but. I don't know. I just, I think love is, uh, potentially so powerful and, and blinding in a lot of ways. And so I don't want to like fault her for that. I think the yeah. fault lies on both of them, uh, kind of equally in a sense. And she does say as Golb in that flashback, like, and this is actually my tops of this episode is mm -hmm. this whole flashback of them on the bus or, or getting on the bus and Betty says you were a wonderful experience and that she has no regrets uh, for any of the choices that they made. Uh, I just thought it was just such a, a lovely moment in this yeah. episode. It was so good. It was, it was a really it gets good the point across. So, well. uh, yeah, I, I almost say, cause we'll talk more about the Fiona side of the story, but I, I like aspects of it, but like, I didn't like a lot of the animation. I didn't like, um, a lot of the music choices, like the outro music was bad. But we'll talk about that in a second. I, I agree. Yeah. With um with that scene particularly, um, my deep thought is is with this whole Betty realizes that they have to move on. Um, but she still loves Simon. She's she's now in this gold verse. I don't think that there's ever a way that she's coming back, but she's not going to leave, essentially. She's not going to whatever happens with her being gold exploding in a blue light, whether that's yeah, some sort of a transformation, gold, some sort of transformation yeah. that she's not going to leave Simon behind because Simon's in this state of uh, pretty much suicidal of going, my life has no purpose or meaning anymore. And she's like, no, it's not the end of this book. This is the shutting of the book and the moving on to the next book. Well, so, he realizes this, I think in he does. their conversation. So that's, and that's, that's my, the point. Yeah. My part oh, two realization part two, is yeah. that so Simon realizes that he was only going to use the crown because he felt like his life didn't matter. And uh, in a way, I don't know if this is truly a metaphor for this, but I was like, okay, can I reach and find something? It could be for drugs and alcohol to, to forget to live in a, a haze over your own reality, right? So that you're not constantly feeling like you're 
having all of the woes of of you know life as a human yeah. on your head constantly and he he uses the crown or was going to use the crown as his sense of purpose uh, use the drug or the alcohol as sense of purpose to like get past that voidness that he feels and i think he realizes that that's not like true like his life has just as much as he says this i mean his life is just as valuable as Fiona and Cakes's. And I just want to say, just kind of, I thought it was very funny and a great point. Um, as we were watching this right before this recording, Ali was like, well, is his, <laughs> something along the line, paraphrasing, is his life more valuable than an entire universe's life? Because he throws the crown away. And then what if they just all die? What if Fiona and Cake all died? I mean, clearly, Golb, I think, has a, a plan. <laughs> Not that Golb is the, the god, but uh, Gold has some sort like knew it was going to be okay. Like somehow with using her power or using Gold's power in order to pull out that universe from inside of his head, Gold knew that oh, it's it's going to work itself out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, so, yeah. I don't though, think he's suicidal anymore necessarily. Yeah, oh yeah, no. I was saying he was before, and he's not. Yeah. And he he gets to that point again, Betty. As her last role as Golb, she's staying as this Betty Golb character until Simon is ready to move forward. The same as her in different directions. He's like, until Simon is ready to see her off on the bus, she's not going to leave because she still cares for him. She still does not want him to, quote unquote, off himself or, you know, go into this, this you mm-hmm. know, proverbial dream state forever because she yeah. still sees that. Her her life has purpose if Simon's life has purpose, and it doesn't necessarily have to be together at the end of the day, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna yeah. I want to let you. I've got a theory thought about when she pulls the universe out of Simon, but I want to let you get to your part three as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and do that then. So we have this phone call between Fiona and and Simon, and I think it's a very interesting phone call because Fiona is stepping up in this episode as a hero. She's mm-hmm. kind of competing her personal story arc or her character is growing, is developing. We've finally gotten to this point where she is the hero in her own universe without magical abilities. And we'll get into that later on. But she tells him that, like, we want to fight for this world the way that it is. This is our world. Like, we don't need magic. I don't want you to put this on because she's realized what that will do to him uh, in a... I think it was Destiny. No, not Destiny. Was it Jerry? I can't remember when they saw the Ice King dancing around and being goofy and like, you know, how Ice King was back in the day. It was Jerry because it was yeah, off yeah. of BMO. Um, yeah, so this occurs, right? And as risky as a move as this is, it allows uh, the final third realization to occur when Simon chooses not to use the magic crown because his life also matters. Uh, you know, and I should also know that his life mattered to Betty, which I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, with her past sacrifice. So I think it's kind of a two-parter where Gold Betty wants to protect him from the crown. And he also realizes, oh, my life has meaning and purpose and I shouldn't necessarily have to sacrifice myself, uh, you know, selfishly or unselfishly in this yeah. instance. My, and my he purpose is to not just with to, his past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that... That and and that's kind of the confirmation that he gets from Fiona. She's just like, don't put the crown on. Like, we're willing to fight for our world, and that's what we want to do. So, like, yeah. 
even like your sacrifice would still not necessarily give us what we wanted. And and Fiona learns all that through her relationships and her friendships and yeah, uh, and and Marshall Lee and Gary and everything like that too. So, but, so Simon here, learns to move on from the past, and he learns that magic isn't always the answer. Without the crown, he's been incredibly helpful with Fiona this entire adventure, and there's been moment after moment after moment in each episode where he has no magical abilities and yet he's still saving her life or directing Mm -hmm. her in the right way you know i mean there's so much that he does for her as like a mentor throughout Mm -hmm. this series yeah Um, and that's that's what he did with um marceline like when he was uh, you know marceline didn't want to put the crown on she was protected when he was just with her in general um and that she was just like you know he was the protector he was more of the hero without the crown than he was with it too. But mm-hmm. here, put this into perspective because I want to get your thoughts on this. And I think it's a good way okay. to kind of uh, not put a bow or wrap up because we'll probably have a lot more to say about it. But <laughs> with, with uh, and this was kind of like my really cool, deep thought of the episode and how it kind of pertains to life is that Gulb's in this Gulb verse, right? Um, Prismoke is the wishmaster. He can grant wishes in his time room that's at the center of the multiverse or whatever. I think that when Golb, when you know Simon has this realization, he's not going to put the crown on. He's like, but I wish Fiona and Cake's uh, universe was not in my head. And he gets this purple orb that comes out of his mouth. That's their universe. I think that that little orb is a wish. Um, hmm. Because, you know, when you have a dandelion, you can blow the dandelion and make a wish. That's like the whole thing as a kid. So... Betty waits to give him his one wish as he's in the Golb room until he's mentally ready to not just wish that he was back with Betty. Because if he had started out there and Golb gave him the wish from the Golb room, he yeah. would have just wished, oh, I just wish I had Betty back. Um, okay. That's what he would have done. So Golb waits for that moment. And then Simon's like, I think I can move on with my life the way it is. And I'm okay with that gives the wish to Fiona. So it's kind of like a passing of that torch. And he gives this magical wish to Fiona. And that's when Cake's like, we should eat it. And she's like, no, I think that that would, like, we need to share it. So essentially, Fiona has the ability to wish that her world was back to the magicalness of everything that she wanted at the beginning, um, which was for her world to be, her world to be magical, uh, for her not to be bored anymore, for her to have fantastical magic adventures. But then she, in turn, wishes for her world to be okay, just the way it is. My deep thought behind all of that and, and what kind of stuck out to me and really like hit me hard was, we all have the hypothetical question asking, you know, if you had three wishes or if you had one wish, what would you wish for? That essentially both Simon and Fiona wish for things to say the same. And I think that that's absolutely beautiful as the end of this show is that both of our main characters just, they have an opportunity to have everything they want with kind of a last ditch magical wish. And they pretty much both wish for things to remain the same. And I think that's just like probably one of the healthiest where we all want to be in our life would be at a point in our life where we were like, if I had one wish, I'd wish for everything to stay the same. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a beautiful place where both of our protagonists get at the end of the story. 
And and Cake still has magical abilities. And Cake still has magical <laughs> abilities. I'm so glad. Everything's that the same, but but Cake still has magical abilities. I, and I think I think Cake gets stays with the magical abilities just yeah. because Prismo gave them to Cake directly. I think so too. So I think so that's. The I answer. really like this theory. I think it does play into what we talked about earlier, where Gold mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a part of their organization. Gold is separate. Gold is the chaotic like balance between their two organizations, perhaps uh, because. Gold, as we've seen, once as I said earlier, has the ability to use and do some of the same powers that people within that organization can do. Mm-hmm. One of those being Prisma's wish ability. I don't think, and I don't think you're saying this either, that Prismo and Gold are opposites. I think no, it's just no, I'm not that's that just another power that she or she Gold is able to like take under their ability and use in yeah. this universe because yeah, of all it's, of the it's abilities gold, of gold. It's yeah. gold burst. Like gold could do whatever gold wants to do. So, and the chaotic nature maybe, and I don't know if this is well, giving, <laughs> this is silly, giving but somebody it, who wants a wish, it's, it's, it enters into that monkey paws aspect. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe the chaotic the nature paw. is there is no monkey paw. <laughs> it's, it's just a good wish. It's just straight up, a good wish and it's chaotic because in the natural world it would have a monkey paw side effect but instead bulbs doing the wish is just a, a good wish just in general <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know yeah it's well and I, I would say if there essentially is a gold monkey paw part of the wish it's the fact that Fiona's universe is now entered into the canonical universe and there's chaos and that's maybe the monkey that's paw straight effect. up what and the wish is but, maybe the wish is I want my my world to be uh, you know part of and that's what I the think web. Fiona's wish actually is, is like, I yeah. want all of this to actually be real. And that's yeah. what she wishes Canonized. for instead of okay. saying, I want to just remain unreal in this guy's head. Gotcha. And um, yeah. so, so yeah, I, I think I was like, huh, he just, the universe comes out of his mouth and it gets shocked back into the web multiverse. I think thinking about it in this wish aspect is, yes, he, he held the power of Fiona and Cake's universe but it wasn't actually like physically their universe. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. He had the power to give that wish to Fiona he, or he had the power to be like, look, their universe is going to get destroyed and I can just, you know, wish Betty back yeah. essentially. Well, dude, let's, let's talk about Fiona as a hero because yeah. that's something else I wanted to wrap up mm-hmm. with this final episode is she is finally in her own universe with the abilities that she had at the very beginning, which is none other than just her natural born abilities. She's fighting the scarab. She's she's out there like scarab is destroying, like taking apart like the fabric of her universe. And you see, I mean, Ash falls through, which I thought was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Poor Ash. Yes. Uh, wh- whatever, also, whatever. What a punchable character. Is. Yeah, yeah, such a punchable character. So I'm glad. I guess I'm. I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that the the gender bent Ash is also a terrible person. <laughs> um. So anyway, so Fiona is in here fighting Scarab. She's taking charge. She's saving innocent people. She's directing others to safety. I mean, she's really busting her butt, doing awesome acrobatic dives and things. And she's just way more like self-confident and aware. And she has this resolve also in this episode of her internal debate that we've been talking about for forever now, where she just Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do. But finally she goes doesn't want anything in her world to change. She sees how wonderful it is without magic as it is. And then she doesn't want Simon to use the crown because she knows what it'll do to him. 
Fiona really does get a great wrap up this episode. Yeah, she does. I, I'd say you're right as the character arc. Um, we it was it was kind of beaten into us like a dead horse for a while. It was. That it was. four episodes in a row when it's just like I can't believe I hurt people. I can't believe I mess up those universes. I'm like, and she I kept I, messing I, up. You know, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, we get that. <laughs> you know, it was very much like they weren't going to let that theme of the show slide unnoticed. So it was very mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, but in this one too, I think. The resolve is absolutely what you said is is when she's fighting to protect her own universe. She's what she hasn't done in those other universes is cause chaos, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, when I watched the episode through the first time, when Prismo sends um Lil Destiny and Finn's son and Baby Finn in the tank, um <laughs> basically the the peppermint Baby butler Finn. tank. For the Baby win. Finn for the win. I lost it when I saw that. I was so <laughs> excited. You know, well, the funny thing, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is an ex machina. Like, Prismo just uh, has crazy magical abilities and then just drops them in there. However, yeah. I, what you just said made me kind of reverse my thinking on that, where it is a bit of a kind of a, a resolve because Fiona still probably in the back of her mind's like, I cause so much chaos across these other multiverses. And she kind of gets a slice of each multiverse that's just like, dude, can we just stay here with you? We like you a lot. Like Lil Destiny mm-hmm. and Baby Finn, like they they like Fiona. And so it's kind of this also resolve of like, you had it, even though things were chaotic, even though it wasn't perfect, you still have all of these really close friendships and relationships you've developed, even by not being perfect. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's kind of also something that helps button up that Fiona story with, um, with her being like, it's okay to mess up. And I'll go back and, and say what Minerva said at the end, um, which I thought was, was really great. Um, when Simon's sitting in therapy and she's like, this will be a cycle of learning and forgetting and relearning and forgetting again. And it's, that's just like, yeah, you, you're always going to mess up. You're always going to learn a lesson and you don't just have to learn them once. So I think that that's, I, I try to tie that in the, with the Fiona piece because she mm-hmm. messed up and she learned and she's going to unlearn and she's going to relearn again. So yeah. um, I don't know. It's, well, it, you're right. It was, but I'll, I'll it's say okay. that back to. It's okay. Was there's some contradiction. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I have, I was I have other points with, that are that same way. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. With, with just, well, with the, I like the story wrap up, the arc wrap up. Just the episode as a whole, though, felt really weird, in my opinion. Oh, too. you think so? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because when Adventure Time shows get really canonical, it can tend to lean away from like what feels like Adventure Time. And I thought that there was just several moments in the finale that I was like, this just doesn't feel like I'm watching an Adventure Time show anymore. Well, it's just like any comedy movie ever. The first three-fourths of it is amazing yeah, and hilarious. And then the last bit's like, oh, by the way, we got to wrap things up, so it's going to get sentimental out of nowhere sort of a thing. And this doesn't necessarily do that exactly because I do think this whole series was pretty serious for the most part. I mean, it was definitely written as a Fun, whimsical moments, but... The ending does feel a little different. It does feel slightly rushed in a way. It does feel a little bit like the final battle didn't really go along with what we just learned because, of course, magic was used in order to defeat Scarab in some form or fashion because 
the the strawberries, right? Like that's a great example of that. Mm-hmm. He gets huge because of the strawberries, which is like one of her top fantasies or whatever. But she just learned the lesson that you don't. She doesn't need magic to be a hero, and then here she <laughs> yeah. is getting magic eating, eating to be a hero. Yeah. And another example. Of this is like cake, uh, a kind of the opposite of Simon. I will say in this, whereas magic is not good for Simon. Magic is great for cake because cakes over here thriving. It's a totally, and this is a perspective I saw on the internet somewhere. So I can't take full credit for this, but because of magic, like cake now has so much more power and control over her own life. I mean, she used to just be a a house cat, right? And even then she does have a moment where she gets ego checked by the scarab. But I, I think it's really interesting that, that magic still plays such a big role in the fight at the end of the day. And Ned, I have so many issues <laughs> with, I mean, kind of what you were just saying. Unfortunately, uh, you know, you're talking about Jay and little destiny and baby Finn and all this, but these are, these are my issues with this episode is we're wrapping up the series. As far as we know, maybe there'll be a second uh, season, but baby Finn Baby world has no fin now. Yeah, baby world uh, has no fin. The vampire um, world is doomed mm-hmm. uh, because they just left it. And I'm pretty sure Princess Bubblegum was like about to be like, okay, fine, make me a vampire. We'll figure this out. Uh, yeah. Jay left farm world, his farm world family, who is now fatherless because Finn is probably dead after being stabbed in the head. And all these orphan siblings can't fend for themselves. So I don't know what's going to go on with that. And truly, only Fiona and her core crew kind of got to make their choice of how they wanted to live their lives in that universe. There were plenty of people that were annoyed or not satisfied with or wished the world was more magical if you watched that first episode uh, than it it truly currently is, right? At the end of this, you see picketers outside of Miss Abadir's mansion protesting how high the rents are. I mean, we can only assume, well, hey, no world is perfect, Mm -hmm. but... But I still have issues with it. And I have issues with the fact that we don't know who the freaking boss is. Pin <laughs> Ward, it's got to be you. Uh, yeah, it's it's Pin Ward. It's just a giant Pin Ward over everything. It's, yeah, it's just moving, a giant Pin Ward. Moving the strings <laughs> like a puppet master. Yeah, I, exactly. I saw. Well, I, I saw some ex machina with the magic stuff. So I agree with you a little bit, you know, like, um, and yeah, I, I was trying to like justify, like, that's why I said what I said about the characters coming in is they served a purpose more of like, you know, they made friends along the way and it wasn't all just everybody in the universe hates Fiona because she caused chaos. I did think they they didn't leave. It was not a, a, a loose end by any means. I would say that they kind of maybe gapped something over a little bit that was kind of part of the show. And I read this online too and, and was like, actually, that's a good point that when Simon is having that moment with Betty at the bus stop and everything, he was like, well what if I had gone with her and just never found the crown? And I'm like, bro, you went to the universe where you didn't find the crown and it's the damn vampire universe. Like, you know what mm-hmm. happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously there's probably some other universes where somebody else found the crown and it wasn't just vampire universe, but he mm-hmm. asked that question and, and I'm like, yeah, you know the answer, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, you, we, we saw, you that saw the world where you, you didn't that have the crown. already. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that that was a little bit of something that... Probably the writers wrote that and they were like, oh, I hope no one notices that yeah. the world without Simon finding the crown was vampire world. Mm-hmm. 
Ned, so. do you have a lovely this episode? We haven't talked about lovelies or any of our our you know main things that we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my I I had a lovely, a non-serious lovely. Uh, just okay. because the episode was so heavy, I was like, I needed to bask in some of the funness. Yeah, me is too. the little is the little blue guy that comes out of the tamagotchi egg, the little Italian guy, and he's like, um, oh when, yeah, yeah, when cake's spitting the eggs out of her butt and. Uh, the egg pops open and it's just this <clears throat> tiny blue guy. And he's like, here's what you get. And he just punches <laughs> him with a little soft hand. Absolute lovely of the episode. Maybe I, Perry. That's so maybe, funny. <laughs> seconded by Perry, Perry? The, yeah. uh, the island of insightfulness. But I don't know. Yeah, what, what I was going to say, that was, that was mine too, is Perry. Mm-hmm. Both of our lovelies got killed by Scarab. Sorry, y'all, I'm coughing because I'm still sick. But uh, getting getting over it, getting better. But yeah, no, Perry... The island of insight that was just like, hey, could you uh, let me know where some ocean is, some or maybe ocean? like <laughs> a little bit and of I thought, water. <laughs> the, the, I love the design of Perry too because the the little island portion um, mm-hmm. was super super tiny on the top, and but yes. huge on the bottom. And I was like, actually, yeah, insight makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I was like, that's it's such. I mean. If we ever but have he gets a spin off from the inside out, how brutal is that? I mean, then of course. The baby, I guess. I think that's what the first one was called. It was like a was bunch of numbers together. The baby, yeah, who got caught for playing games at, on his work PC, and then the plant one was just like stealing office supplies. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of calling in the question the legitimacy of Scarab in my mind. I don't well, think it, he deserves as much exactly. power as he has. <laughs> well, it, it could. It definitely wraps up that mentality of like. When Scarab's going across the universe hunting down Fiona and Cake, you could have had moments where, like, and again, kind of what we, why we didn't think Scarab was maybe necessarily our main antagonist was like, dude, he's just doing his job. Like, if you could always side with Scarab, I mean, like, he's supposed to do this. The big boss is going to be super pissed off if he doesn't do this. And that, okay, so he was doing this and he capturing all these cosmic creatures because of, like, petty mm-hmm. crimes and ruining well, their lives. So who knows what he would have done with Cosmic Owl. Sammy did, you know, leave a sacred flame. So I do think there are some issues with Sammy. And then also the Cosmic Owl was, what was he doing? I can't remember. Um, was it, it was embezzlement? Like, it wasn't, no. Not uh, profiteering. <laughs> profiteering, yeah. <laughs> so, Which, who, yeah there because, are uh, some issues, you know? You'll, uh, you'll, you'll get to the Cosmic Owl episode. Like Cosmic Owl can basically hit a button and get a coin and put that coin in like uh, a slot. And that's how he gets into people's dreams. Is mm. kind of what opens up the dream form. So profiteering, maybe he was selling his gold coins on the cosmic market yeah. or something like that. I I've got some other notes, just like silly goofy notes, like Gary's moment when you see <laughs> Scarab at the very beginning, and oh my God, he's Gary hot. goes, "Oh no, yeah, he's hot." Oh no, he's I was hot. Like, yeah, yeah, with a mask on, not too bad. Takes it off, super ugly though. Yeah. We gotta nix him as soon as he takes that mask off. Um, I thought that was very funny. And also Cakezilla was awesome. Yeah, Cakezilla was I've great. I've seen some movies or something like that. She totally overextends her power and, and finds yeah. that limit that we had a lot of fun talking about Jake finding his limit as well mm-hmm. in a couple of different episodes on on the podcast. But Yeah, well, there's a whole episode called The Limit. <laughs> that was Jake mm-hmm. overstretches himself. So we know it can be done. This is probably the one of the first moments Cake realizes that there's a extent to the powers for sure yeah and we can talk um, about music you have marshall fighting with music i was literally and about like to bring this up the new yeah. heartfelt song inspired by our love and there's a part of me that just really wanted it to be a tribute by a tenacious d 
I just wanted him to go, this is a tribute, you know, and just just a a tribute. They just start fighting, and meanwhile, Tenacious D is just playing. That would be so sick. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was <laughs> hilarious. Again, like that aspect specifically, because we've, it's kind of the writers, I think, not making fun of themselves, but uh, further solidifying that this is going to be a normal universe. This is not going to be uh, like our ep- one of our favorite episodes of Adventure Time, which is what was missing, um, where they band together as a band to defeat the Door Lord. And it's the power of music and friendship that like opens the door. That this is a reality-based universe, and he's like, yeah. I'm going to play a song about our love. And Gary's just hawking candy treats at Scarab, and they both just get railed by a car, yeah. you know? Yeah, the the music's not quite as, like, magically perfect immediately. Exactly. <laughs> no, he's still learning. They're both figuring out their thing. Uh, um, but it was so good. And you hate it. You didn't like the song that wrapped yeah. up this episode, though. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say when once we get to the finale of Adventure Time in like three years, however long it's gonna take us, that I loved that they kind of paid homage to how the show actually wrapped up, which was this really cool montage of there are characters going about their normal lives, and I just I'm not really spoiling too much for you for the finale, uh, but that's kind of how it happens. So they do this like the best part of the end of this wrap up is that our characters get to keep on going having adventures. Um, that mm-hmm. it's there's not some sort of crazy apex moment where we get a high five and the show's over. That we gonna get this montage, but I thought the song choice just was very, I don't not off putting per se, but just like again, I, I would have wanted something that would be like the come along with me song. That's like whimsical yeah. and fun, and it was like a little bit too like taking it was, itself too seriously. I guess I, I did feel like it was enjoyable. I definitely felt like the ending itself was super satisfying, even if I, the music mm-hmm. wasn't something that I recognized or didn't exactly. feel overly Adventure Time to me. I, mm-hmm. I think that's my main complaint with the song itself. It was a pretty song, but it just didn't feel like it. Yeah, it just wasn't just on seamlessly brand. within the Adventure Time canon, right? But the, as far as like how satisfying the ending is, I mean, you've got. Scarab and Prismo, which was pretty great, where Scarab is learning underneath Prismo for like the rest of eternity, yeah. essentially. Uh, Fiona and Cake are rebuilding their non-magical world uh, with a few exceptions of magic here and there, this world mm-hmm. that can talk and whatnot. And of course, Cake still has her powers. You got the pastry mention cart, so Gary's pursuing his future as uh, a pastry chef, and he's like finally self-confident in his goodies, and he doesn't feel like they need more work, like they're ready. Uh, how they are, Gary and Marshall are together. Simon is in therapy, like mm-hmm. he's and he's planning on leaving his museum home. Which please do get out of that yeah. hell that get you put yourself in. I mean, that he's also like riding on ever. the he's also riding on the motorcycle with the dragons. He's he's finally spent 13, 12, 12 years, thirteen years of his life kind of wallowing. And obsessing over Betty, and he kind of gets he kind of gets to open his eyes for the first time and be like, I can like there's so much in the world that I can experience on my own, have my own adventures, you know. Yeah, 100 percent And then same as Tea House 2.0, baby. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. It's <laughs> not my top of the episode, for. but it is definitely what I wish I could go visit is the, <laughs> the tea shop owner uh from the drift, right? Who's just like enjoying his quaint tea life finally, yeah. even though he you know, didn't keep up with that sacred flame and that might be an issue, but <laughs> might who knows where yeah. somebody is may, suffering may without the thing. sacred flame, but, uh, but he's, <laughs> he's jamming at his tea house. 
Yeah, so pretty satisfying ending all in all. And I don't know if we're going to get another episode or another season. The only thing that really feels like maybe is the transformation of Gold at the end there. Uh, it does make me wonder where that could be leading to. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I feel like this kind of wraps up, I mean, certainly Simon's story in my mind. Yeah, uh, I, how do you feel about that? I would say we we pretty much from Adventure Time, we got a lot of the closure we needed with Simon. I think if we go along, even with Betty, I mean, that's probably the loose end of this episode is the fact that like, Gold Betty kind of just explodes into somethingness. Um, but that's not necessarily a loose end that I want to pursue. And then the Fiona and Cake, I think we don't need to pursue too many episodes unless it's just a season of them doing ad- adventures in the normal world, which uh, I'd rather them just pick, I'd rather them pick up with Beard Finn. Like, and Simon makes appearances, but I'd rather yeah. have a season of like Beard Finn versus now non-Betty Golb. Um, hmm. Finn taking on Golb, Huntress Wizard. What's going on in the land of Ooh in the Finn verse? Would be, yeah, that would be cool. I would like that. I would like Jeremy Shada to come and be an adult as adult Finn, like for a, for an extensive amount of time. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool to see. I, I am curious, the other part, I guess, that does hint at maybe there's more is what they're in that flashback scene and she's on the bus, and I believe Simon says, like, well, where are you going? Like, what's next? And you see the front of the bus, it says airport, and then it switches to some runes. And I tried mm-hmm. to look up, or some sort of a script uh, language, and I tried to look up what it was. But I don't think those line up, or from when I saw, they don't line up with, like, Adventure Time's classic, like, uh, like, runes like the runes, so, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I don't know what it was trying to say. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I'm I'm very curious what that meant, yeah, what I, they were trying to do because they they take a moment where they sit there and he's like, "Where are you going?" And then the camera like flash like slowly goes over to the front of the bus and you see that, which makes me feel. And of course, she turns into Gold Betty. It just makes me feel like it's way too intentional to just be a like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's. I have a guess because that's the moment where I think is the part of the show where Simon is letting go of his pursuit of Betty. He's letting go of his wish for her to not get on the bus and come with him. Like, I think that when you see Gold Betty on the bus, it flips forward. I would assume it says something like "onward" or "forward." Like we're yeah. we're moving on. We're the, we're going. We're closing the book. We finished the final chapter. I like that. Moving on to the next book, you know. Yeah, um, no doubt. Which is which. I'm hoping that also means that Betty has escaped Golb's. Like the reason that Golb had a hold of her was because Simon could never let go. So that maybe this explosion is her being able to blast off and be part of this cosmic universe in some way, shape, or form. Honestly, yeah. Well, Ned, do you have any other thoughts on this episode specifically before we kind of very shortly wrap up the season itself? Really? I mean, I think we nailed it all, man. We we kind of yeah. got where we said we we got all the character arcs we wanted. They were really beautiful. They did it in really fun, subtle ways, some very obvious, some very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think is I'm I w- I'm excited to go back and binge the series because I feel like one, there's gonna be so much that we missed of what we know now back from like the first three episodes. 
And then secondly, I think that, you know, usually when I set something down after doing an overanalyzing of it and just enjoy it for like not taking notes, not thinking about podcast stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I like actually like this scene a little bit more. Yeah. What about you? I'm really excited to uh, completely forget about all of this in three years time when we finally get to the gold (laughs) stuff and the actually adventure time uh, show itself. I mean, and then you're going to be like, shit, I got to go do my gold lore again. uh, Just like, oh crap. I'm sure I'm going to, you know, say something that's totally off because I forget everything that happened during Fiona and Cake, but that's okay. I'm, I'm excited for it nevertheless. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't have any. I, I, actually, I do have a lesson. I could just go ahead and say my lesson yeah. for this episode. I think it's yeah. a pretty good one. Um, my lesson for this episode is to try and keep in perspective the desires of my partner in mind while making decisions. Mm. So especially if I feel like, and I'm trying to keep this like in relation to myself, which is something that we used to do with lessons. And I think we need to go back to a little bit. Is like, how does this episode apply to my life? Um, if I feel like I'm making a decision for both of us, I need to make sure that I'm doing so with the perspective that both of us are taking to that decision. Yeah. And uh, a lot of love is perspective. A lot of love yeah. is introspection to make sure that you're not being an asshole and perspective to be like, look, I have my like wants and things that I want, but to love someone is to put that aside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obviously, that's like one of the like lesson things that I had down yeah, was totally. in, in that same ballpark. But I think, you know, when I was doing my analysis of it, I was like, my lesson would be like, live your life the way you need to live your life so that if you were given one wish, that you would want that wish for things to remain the same. I think that that's mm-hmm. like what I picked up and what I thought was really the most beautiful kind of message okay. that I picked up out of this, you know? All right. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'll, I'll keep uh, you accountable, Ned. Keep me yes. accountable for our <laughs> lessons from this. Exactly. I don't know. Good, Gosh, we're going to have to have a, a laundry list of Adventure Time lessons on my wall to be I know, like, right? <laughs> check the boxes every day over here. Most of mine oh, are going to be man. goofy. I mean, it's good. I think I was going to say something <laughs> about Baby Finn as my lesson, but I, I opted out of it. I will say, Ned, if you had to rank this whole series out of 10 Baby Fins, how many Baby Fins are you giving it? I'm giving it, I'm going to give it eight baby fins. Eight baby fins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd say loses a baby fin for um, just you know, like kind of what we mentioned, not having a little bit of off brand of adventure time. Um, and then I don't know, may, maybe because I'm just such a big fan of the show. I, now I'm like, it loses one baby fin just because um, I want more fin. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think I'm going to give it a 8.5. I was going to go 9, but I think oh, you no. brought up a good a, point. A half a baby? A half a baby, yeah. Half half a baby oh, fan. No. King just, Solomon just, over here. Uh, it's, you know, diaper up, or like above the diaper above is the what diaper. half I'm choosing. Uh, <laughs> and so, baby fan, you know, 8 out of 5, or 8.5. I think the reason is Garib isn't a compelling bad guy for me. I still... Mm don't really love Scarab as the main antagonist of all of this. Um, you know, and, and otherwise, like, I, I thought it was super fun. I thought it was really good. I don't think it blew my mind. Like, I, I didn't mm-hmm. need it to. I think I just wanted a really fun experience, and that's what I got. And I think 8.5, like, a really strong 8.5. I think it's it's great. It's a really good series. And I, I am excited to go back and rewatch it eventually. Ned, do you have a favorite episode, though? Um, I, I really like the episode where 
Finn and Simon go into the forest and um, fight the monster. And Finn's yeah. Finn's trying to get Simon back up on you know on his haunch on his on his laurels. Get off his laurels. Get the lead out um, <laughs> by going on a, a crazy adventure and getting to see Finn just like mess up some monsters. I, I did really like that episode. That's a great one. Yeah, I think what mine is maybe Winter King. Oh, that's I, I liked that episode a lot. It's so whimsical. The music, I mean, the twist at the end is really great. I think also a big part of it is that I just like, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. The guy who voices Winter King. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, just look it up. Whatever. He's great. He's a hilarious YouTuber uh, and used to be on polygon.com. And I think he has his own solo stuff now. Um, it's, what is it? Gilbert, David Gilbert, something. Anyways, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Great, great stuff. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, man. Well, to to end on our uh, to, in our candidate, to stay on brand with Never Ending Adventure. Do you have a recommendation for me this week? I do. I finally watched, and I think you've read this in the past. Maybe Spider Man Across the the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, finally got oh, to see. Do you watch it. the first one or the second one? The second one. Okay, oh, so that was yeah, Across the, the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. It's very like. If you have a short attention span, it's really great at keeping your attention because <laughs> yeah. there's constantly it is something an new happening. Oh my gosh, dream! dream. Yeah, it's hard for me to follow everything just because I sit there and like taking in. Oh, look how pretty that is! You know, like yeah, it's hard yeah. to just really. I think it's a rewatch it a few times kind of mm-hmm. a movie. You almost you, you miss it's some so of the fast pace. It's just you miss so some damn of the beauty of the the animation of it that it's just yeah. like. That's so many that the um the punk cyber in that one was like the way they had to do like eight different like shot what was it they had to grab like eight different animations per screenshot and overlay them to make the punk spider where it was something crazy like I know that. I feel bad for the animators because they're constantly flipping from like you're never in one scene for more mm-hmm. than a couple of seconds it's especially during fights like they go all over the place and it's got to be just the biggest pain and a half. To mm-hmm. do like the background for that movie, but it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it, and kind of just makes me excited for anything else. I mean, I was a little bummed that it doesn't wrap up. I was like, we were thirty minutes. Oh, left, I know. You, and you we were took like, the break. The world? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I was like, there's no way they wrap all this up. But now I'm <laughs> thinking, there's not enough. There's not enough like plot you don't for think them to do left. another movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I, there definitely is because I. Well, okay. that, it, it wonderfully ties into my recommendation of the week, which okay. is Spider-Man 2, the video game. Um, just got that this oh, last wow. week. Oh, wow. Okay. And it is phenomenal. Like, Is that a new not, game or like the old Spider-Man? No, no, it's a brand new one. They had okay. you know, Spider-Man, was PS4. They came out with Miles Morales when PS5 came out, which was kind of the extended... Uh, it was a whole game on its own, but kind of an extension of the same map the same um like button controls for the most part and then this one is a continuation you can jump in between peter and miles um but dude it's i started off and i was like well this just feels like the exact game it's the entire map of manhattan queens brooklyn and like like pretty much all of new york every building's like accounted for and it's a huge map um controls are beautiful the graphics are beautiful the storyline's beautiful I'd say if you're into video games, get past like the first hour of it and it starts to like flow just really nice. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Our recommendations like we're both on a Spider-Man kick this week. I guess so. Yeah. I watched the first (laughs) Spider-Man into the uh, universe or whatever. I had seen it forever ago. 
but I, into the Spider Verse. I, I watched it again on the plane recently when we were traveling out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, yeah, I was just like, all right, now I'm ready for the next one. So there's a couple movies like that where I'm like, I need to rewatch the first one before I get to yeah. watch the new one. Like we did well, that with Top Gun. Still haven't seen the new Top Gun. So yeah, well, dude, I, I love the fact that you watched this right in time to finish up Fiona and Cake too, because the Spider Spidey Verse movie goes so much in line with you're the um, conundrum. You're not the canonical character, yeah. and you have these multiversal, this multiversal Spider Man 2099. I'm about who's hunting you down because out. you're not canonical, you know? And I was like, yeah. that's exactly what happened in Fiona and Cake. I think I'm ready for there to just be one universe and a series for a minute, <laughs> you know? Like, I, we've yeah, been doing Marvel, so much multiverse recently. Marvel opened up a can of worms, and if you've watched Quantumania yet, it's no. you're like, holy shit, dude. I'm just, you're just getting like shovel fed with this theory, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh. Yep, the barrier to entry is way too big on Marvel, mm-hmm. so I think I'm out of there now. Uh, stick stick with Spideyverse for sure, and yeah. if they do another Tom Holland Spider-Man ever, it'll probably tie. Oh, Tom in Holland's with, great, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure, I mean but. the trick is to keep it to where you can just watch the Tom Holland movies and not need to know all of like all mm-hmm. of the backstory. You know, yeah, uh, I hope they do that. But anyways, y'all, thank you so much for joining us on this awesome trip through Fiona and Cake. We will be getting back to season five after this. Uh, we'll probably take a week off, though. I don't know if we deserve it because we did take yeah, so we, long we, for getting this out. <laughs> may, maybe this is where we can... I know uh, December, we can just pump out some episodes because yeah. life's going to just slow down um, a lot in December. But so I'm excited. And, and we got so good at doing half-hour-long episodes and prepping yeah. for that, that doing 10-minute episodes, we can maybe probably be better. crank some episodes out. Well, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm certainly just ready to be not sick while we record an episode. Mm-hmm. So next episode, I'm hoping that will be the case. And you know, I am pretty excited to announce that I'm actually sending out Patreon stickers for the NEA and Beyond podcast, which is our Patreon podcast this week. So if you are a subscriber of the Patreon for a um, 5 or $10 tier, you will get your, your stickers, the NEA and Beyond stickers very, very soon. And that is awesome for me. I mean, y'all are helping pay for this podcast that we do. And we absolutely love that. We absolutely appreciate every one of you that are the the travelers, the lovelies, the sexies, as we call them, on the Patreon. And you can get there and join them on the Discord at patreon.com slash neverendingadventurepodcast. Um, yeah, and, and it's here. If you're, we're opening up the the Discord to all tiers. So $1, 5 or 10 a month. You're a part of the Discord. That's been, honestly, my favorite part of it entirely is, is seeing the chats that go on on the Discord. And I try and chime in there at least once a day and post. Like It's been cool. Like We'll be talking about something on the podcast and I'll just be like, oh, I'll just post it in the Discord. Like We talked about the tattoo from last week where they had the Lich tattoo and it was so mm-hmm. sick. People on the Discord were like, we got to see this. So I just posted it there. Um, like make conversation. It's I, I love it. It's so cool. It feels like a natural community around the podcast, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Never Ending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Never Ending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Get on the Traveler's Law, just like how we did earlier with Owen, I believe his name was, or what was it? DJ Breakfast Sandwich. DJ Breakfast Sandwich. <laughs> so good. Email is uh, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. That's travelers with one L. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, join us next week or whenever we 
post the next podcast episode. We'll be back and stronger than ever with some Finn and Jake. The way yes. the, the show way started. The universe was made to be. <laughs> yes, entirely. Well, <laughs> it depends on what universe you're talking about. The way universe, yes. That's what we're, uh, we're going to have to disclaimer everything in a multiverse theory now for the rest <laughs> of our show. Fiona and Cake is canon. That's all that yes. matters. It's it is not, canon now. It's not some story in the Ice King's head. It is canon. Heck yes, we did it. We're here. That's going to be a fun perspective to have for the rest of the show, I got to yeah. say. Well, especially when we get to more Fiona and Cake episodes in yeah, the normal I know, show. Yeah, man. All right. Well, heck yeah. I'm sorry, Farm World. Uh, all the orphans <laughs> there. Sorry for all the orphans and chaos in Farm World. Yes, and all of the other worlds that Fiona, uh, Simon, and Cake touched and maybe messed up, maybe not for the better. Regardless, uh, we love all of you travelers and party forever. Mm, love you guys.